everybody and welcome to another episode of the Civ Show podcast. We suck so you don't have to. I'm your host, Moisas. Raising Zozo. And Nystagmus here. And it is an exciting time to be a Civilization fan right now because the Byzantine Empire just got announced. But we're not going to talk about that yet because <laughs> we have other order to attend to and it's talking about the last Civ show game but if you want to hear about the byzantine empire that will happen in the second part last game let's give a quick summary it was norway versus maori versus the ottomans and it was a very quick one week long game that ended in religious victory by yours truly norway thank you very much thank you hold your applause i know we have a show to run here boys hold on uh <laughs> Uh, I said hold your applause. I said hold your applause. But it was it was a fun game. I don't know how you guys felt with it, about it. I love Archipelago. So, Man, personally, go ahead. Yeah, that was a pretty bad game on my part. Um, I'm going to be completely 100% honest. I think I've admitted this to Moy after the game. So uh, I played that game after I, I spent eight hours that day sitting in front of my computer for like a... Um, uh, a licensing thing for my job um, and doing like a bunch of like just talking through presentations and stuff. So I was pretty much on autopilot most of that game and I went down the wrong tech tree. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I didn't, I did not go for mass production and get shipyards that Maori need um, to boost production on uh, Alcobalgo map. So that kind of ruined me. Um, but I was like, I was dazed and confused. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I, I will blame that to my <laughs> forever, basically. <laughs> All right. So valid excuse. That's a valid excuse, I guess. So how did you feel about that game? I felt I had a pretty terrible start, uh, like slow. It was a very, very, okay. very slow start. Uh, not terrible. Like I actually like I like my area. It just it took me. This is me these days. Anyways, I usually take my time now to and then explode. Uh, the two things I liked about that game, <laughs> number one, okay, number one was what Zozo became. I think, uh, I think I can bring it up here in the chat. Yeah, do you have a photo? Yeah. I think I have a photo here. Oh, your mausoleum, right? You built the mausoleum of Har Halicarnassus, right? Yeah. So Zozo yeah. turned into, um, this, this just gorgeous, beautiful, amazing city like i think i got what up to uh, 19 population um i built yeah i built that wonder and i just had so many bonus resources coming out of um just like look at all the fish and yeah. the amber and the turtle the, and the, the fisheries crab. i noticed too yeah and the, the fisheries at some point yeah so that was one thing that was great uh was zozo was this big big city um and uh and i was even able uh i don't think i don't know if you can see at the bottom there i was able to pull off the the, the bazaar um of zimbabwe uh, yeah i see grand so zimbabwe and the grand zimbabwe that, i'm not sure what that is that's it looks the like a little uh, fort. the alcahaba um, okay gives you a free military policy which oh, was right, very right, useful yeah. um but yeah like with all those bonus resources now i don't i don't know if they had to be ground resources but i hope they didn't so yeah trade was really good with zozo um, and if you, if you were, if you had Zozo on your trade route, like you, it was probably really high. So that it was, was great. Good. Yeah, it was, that was good. great. Uh, I really enjoyed having a massively gorgeous capital. The second thing that I loved about that game is I went full Ottoman empire and I lined it up perfectly 
where I had like a dark age and then going, I think, into the industrial age, I had a, a, a golden age, which okay. is when we ended up, sorry, heroic age. Yeah. Um, so and I, I had gotten my and I had a big army of them, my my uh, janissaries. I had my my cool boats um, and I was starting to attack the Russians and like starting to move on them. And it felt like like a perfect end to the game like that. It's like, all right, I'm pulling this off. Um, so, yeah, I, I felt that like while I didn't win, I did. I played the Ottomans very well. And uh, my only regret was it would have been fun if we did have like another hour and it would just would have been to see if I could have taken out the Russians. But uh, and then I think we had that. I, I really liked the end. I think that was good where we just we look you we said make your case moy yeah i think a majority and, yeah, yeah and you're about to make your case right now because you're going to tell us about your game and then the case you made at the end i so am you see go, you see this ahead. like page of no. notes right here you see that oh yeah <laughs> you see this crumpled piece of paper that's my notes what do you have like two words on solomon you want to know where all my notes are start right up here that's where all my notes are <laughs> got to do my thing and zozo those are my <laughs> those are my notes. I have like for complete it. sentences gotta, and paragraphs. Hey, oh, all all hail the snack. The the all snack the snack and beckons and it, it now you can see it has a great tomb tome to uh, spread the wisdom. We're gonna publish that by the way. It's oh, gonna yeah. be the words of snack. Yeah. Yeah, we'll write it on snack. I skin. thought about I It'll thought about good. um I thought about having a winner blog. Whoever wins has to write a blog post once a week. Or maybe once every other week, because depending on how long the games last, and like it, they just explain in full transparency their entire strategy, and every time it gets posted, I say I'm okay with that because the likelihood that I would ever ever have to write an <laughs> entry in that blog is pretty low. So <laughs> I would definitely do something like that. But if you don't know what we're talking about in terms of this blog thing. Uh, a bit of an announcement here is that we, the Civ Show, are featured on the CPL website. If you don't know what the CPL is, it stands for the Civilizations Players League. It is a multiplayer competitive league that if you're into really competitive civilization, then you 100% should join the CPL and you can find our content up there as well. You can find our podcast, you can find our YouTube videos, and maybe soon, you'll find the winner's blog where you'll find true transparency of the winner, which here comes the first entry of the winner's blog, but in vocal form, audio form, podcast form. Uh, as, as read by Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Always read by Morgan Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> I personally think it was a great Terrible, format. terrible. Six player free for all, archipelago map. Felt fast paced and excited. Okay, bye. <laughs> 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 no, okay. So here, here was my 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 summary plan. So with Norway, I knew it was one hundred percent possible to get to a golden age in the classical era. They have a unique longship, or that replaces the galley. That's plus four, uh, plus four score right there, and that's pretty much enough to get to a golden age. Where if you find enough goody huts, and if you find barbarian encampments and city states and everything like that, uh, I even took the diplomat as my first governor, so I can put it in a city-state, so I can become a suzerain of the city-state to get that era score. So I really had this all planned out. I achieved the golden age. I also, uh, I kind of skipped a part, hold on, let me go back. Uh, my first science technology was astrology. 
that's why I asked, why can't I build this holy site here? It's like, oh, did you discover mining? You can't cut down a tree if you don't have mining. I'm like, ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> I didn't know that because I've never done this strategy before. So I went astrology first. I put down a holy site. I got as much faith as I could and accumulated as much faith as I could. Once that was down, uh, I bought the shrine right after that to accumulate more faith. Then I got the golden age, I picked up monumentality. I bought, I don't know how many settlers. Uh, basically, anytime I had the opportunity to, I bought a settler and I established my dominance in my cap, in my continent. And then even throughout other other continents, Nystagmus commented like, oh, I don't know where to expand anymore. Like you've you've kind of taken up where I needed to go. I'm like, well, I got nowhere else to go either. I'm, I'm already every, all over the map, right? So I kind of pulled the Zoe, right? I have a ton of settlers, a ton of land, and I just, I just do my thing. But I also had a military to back it up. Like if you wanted to go to war with me, I was ready. I had long ships. I had uh, some archers as well that I can move around through the water. And I was totally, totally ready to go. Once that was established, I was pretty much uh, smooth sailing from there. I didn't take work ethic this time, not because I didn't have good adjacency bonuses. The good thing with Norway and the Stave Church is that they get this hidden adjacency bonus later with woods, but it doesn't apply until temple. Like you have to unlock the temple, which is the Stave Church. Then you get the adjacency bonuses to woods. So you have to kind of go into the game knowing that that exists and then purposefully plant your holy sites next to woods, which is exactly what I did. Once that was established, I was accumulating a lot of faith from my cities because I had a holy site in a good majority of my cities with stave churches and with all of that. Uh, then I just started buying missionaries and apostles. The next golden age I bought, I, I took the the thing that gives you plus movement and plus charges for your missionaries and apostles. And then that's when I stopped obviously buying settlers and builders with my faith and said I transitioned to full faith. And I was full missionaries, full apostles. Each of them had five charges, which is insane. So they were easily spreading the faith all over. I went to Zoe because you were like, yeah, bring your faith. And I brought your faith over to you and brought you Je Jesuit education. I went to Nystagmus and I brought him how to how to read books and, and watch plays. And then I went to... Uh, next was like the Aztecs because they had a religious emergency and I'm like, okay, I'll go to the Aztecs. And then I went to the Ethiopia, I took them out of the game with domination victory. And then finally with, I had Russia left. And if you would have taken out Russia, I would have won. Or if I would have converted Russia, I would have won. So, and that was the, that was the case you made. Like at the end we were uncertain. Like I knew that if, if I pressed on, like I could probably get two more hours out of that game by attacking russia um right. but you know i like that we like you thought you could win I was like okay make your case and and i think you made a very good case you had four out of six of the sibs converted nystagnus is was willing to let you convert him i don't know if he would have if, if it resulted in you winning that i, I let's assume that he. <laughs> i wouldn't. also had two apostles in his land and i had two apostles well, in and, Russia's land. and right? he was at that point too he was like uh, i'm good like we we yeah. could tell he would be okay to not continue that game next week <laughs> um, very true, and very true. with me conquering if i had succeeded in conquering russia um even i actually i might have only needed to take a few of their cities that would have been enough for you to win. And I was like, yeah, I, yeah, you got it. Uh, and I think we'll do that more in the future if it's unanimous. If yeah. one of us is like, no, then you can either go to the community or 
um, or whatever. But uh, yeah, because then good... we can cycle through games really quickly if we yeah. really needed to. If there's a clear winner, then it's like, yeah, just to cycle through this. And that's the thing is uh, for there to be like a game that's worth continuing. I think it'd be like we're all in a pretty good position. None of us is downtrodden and, and like we excitedly would go to that game again. Yes. And that will be few and far between, but they will happen from time to time. I agree. I want to comment. Um, Norway's becoming one of my favorite civilizations. And this wow. is really weird. I know. Right. So I was listening off of my favorite civilizations to one of the streamers I was watching. And I was like, uh, yeah, at, like Aztec. Uh, who did I say? Aztec, Inca. And I'm like, Norway. I said Norway. And that's the first time I've ever said Norway as my top three. And they just, they felt good. The rating system, like you said, Zoe, rating is so so good, so good, so, so good. worth it. Oh my, my gosh, my my Ottomans, my Barbaries had no movement penalty for raiding. So yeah. I go, I raid, 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 like three times for a new establishment, and then I move, raid, 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 and I was like, what? What just happened? Yeah, now mine was no movement. Everyone usually has movement penalty, but yeah, that was awesome. Nostalgia. Did you have you ever like raided, like purposefully had that as your primary objective to uh, kill and pillage? No, no. You should try. Be it. honest. You should try it. It's really good. You guys are bad influences, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> the the other neat thing about that game was it was the first one in recent memory where we had no game modes on. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. no apocalypse mode, no uh, secret uh, societies, uh, no shuffle. And to me, the most noticeable one was the no secret societies. You realize how much of a like sieve injection it's like, it's like yeah. a shot of adrenaline to the heart, <laughs> you know, for for easy to earn governor titles like. Yeah. It's like you realize how naked you are kind of thing. You just like you, you suddenly like look down and you're like, oh, my God, I'm naked. Like what? Like that's what felt, that's what it felt like when Secret Societies was off. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. Yeah, it does. It changes the game almost completely, to be honest. Like it changes the pace. Um, yes. It changes like your ability to expand faster. Like I remember like with Secret Societies on, you can get Magnus with like the the without population thing like, like that. And just start yeah. building. Just keep building settlers. Just, <laughs> just keep building settlers. Yeah. You don't have to cost of uh, uh, population or anything like that um but yeah yeah it does it does feel yeah it feels completely different to be honest it's especially since we've been playing with it every week like we never turned it off we turned off apocalypse mode right shuffle mode just got added uh, we, we turned then, off apocalypse mode after i got pelted with comets yeah it, it lasted like, like that's when we stopped playing weeks. with it yeah, yeah yeah it didn't last that long <laughs> it did not last long no, before we got no. sick of all the volcanoes and yeah the comets yeah, or but like, the random blizzards and dust storms and yeah it just it became a very frustrating game mode <laughs> i liked not having secret societies on though because it didn't feel it didn't feel like there was any cheesiness to the game like everything was completely legitimate there's like no excuse why you didn't get this or you didn't get that other than your own gameplay there's no there was less rng because i know even when i was playing in the community day i couldn't get void singers and that was just rng Right. I kept getting a lot of goodie huts and I just I couldn't get the void singers and not my whole strategy, but a lot of my strategy got thrown out the window because I, yeah. I, I couldn't get it. This time there was no excuse. It was like, yeah, you, there's way less RNG for you now. 
you have to come in with the plan. Well, you can make the same argument for almost any game mode then, right? Because like apocalypse mode, like it's pretty random that if a dust storm comes in, like destroys half the population in your capital True. city, right? True. Like that, and that can like that can hurt you. Like that can hurt you pretty bad. Um, or you so, just pick Russia and like maybe you don't have to worry about natural disasters in your land. <laughs> Or Japan, I guess. But I or think it, it, its strength is for secret governors is is the consistency. At least you might not get the governor you want, but you will get bonus governors. Um, yeah. Like you'll get at least two or three, and that early in the game makes a huge difference. And I and I think that's the the big like where and the shuffle is crazy. Like you know, really hard. It it just it's it, it's hard mode. Um, especially for somebody who needs Luneros and can't be getting them, and you know. <laughs> no, I, I feel you. Let's face I, it, Grand Colombia has so many advantages, you don't even need your Luneros, to be honest. <laughs> honestly, yeah, you can go to war right at the class of what era, and like you're already way more powerful than everybody else. You can take on anybody with Grand Colombia. Just the generals by themselves. Yeah. Like, I, 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 you played a great game, though, Moy. Uh, I think like most you. that game, you had... Um, you know your your military strength and your power overall power indicating you know the overall civ score was was if not highest like you know very close to highest uh the computers in that game didn't feel completely overwhelming that so that was a cha- that was a nice challenge it wasn't like an unreasonable it wasn't like germany 250 science in you know 100 ad yeah um yeah. so but anyways very very good game now we, we said moving forward, we're, we're going to start having instead of that the winner chooses the game, we want to have a little bit more of a static schedule. Oh, we just lost. Hey, that time it was that time it was Nystagnus. Um, yeah, we so we want to have yeah. a little bit more consistency. So instead of the whoever wins chooses, we want to have a rotating uh, host ho- host choice uh, where uh, it'd be, you know, Moy chooses, Zoe chooses, Nystagnus chooses, and then our fourth game would be our community game. Uh, and the idea would be that ahead of time, we know what the game is we're going to be playing next week. And what the reward is for winning the game is that you get to choose your sieve first. Okay, you get to choose your sieve first. Uh, which reminds me of, and right now we had already kind of be, before this, you know, before Nystagnus reminds us of what he chose. I had said what Civ I'm doing, but I realized, Moy, you won the game. No, no, you, no, no. I, no, no, I, no. I, I, you, no just, okay, well, fine. I'll pick first. You, okay, fine. When, when the time comes, you pick first. You pick whatever okay. you want. I know okay. the, the world well. I will love any of the other choices. Okay. okay so okay. You, you will get to choose. Um, so Nystagnus is, this is his choice. Uh, this week, next next game will be mine. Um, so, Nystagnus, what is it that you have in store for us for our next game? So, um, we have not um, in the history of the Civ show so far tried any mods, um, and so I thought it'd be interesting if we tried a mod. <gasps> um, and so, um, everyone kind of knows this already that you know Zoe for sure is obviously some sort of a nerd and right, but I I, I was a big nerd back in the day too, still am, um, and I was really into Warhammer, the fantasy Warhammer, and so um, I I, bought, I have a, a fifteen hundred uh, Dark Elf army, army actually um, uh, with the figurines and everything and stuff like that. So I am choosing the Warhammer mod fantasy um, to <laughs> play for the next game. 
Um, and so with that, we have the mod ready. Um, there's a bunch of different sibs for it. And in case anyone doesn't know, um, uh, if you're not familiar with Warhammer, um, kind of similar to the world that Tolkien created um, for Lord of the Rings, right? So there's like elves, there's humans, there's dwarves, right? Um, um, and, and, you know, so on and so forth. And so it's very similar to that, although um, it's got its own lore to it um that's not like lord of the rings so there's not like sauron or anything like that so um and so without further ado i think moy is the one who's going to choose this sieve yeah. first. moy before Let's you choose it. i want you to know i'm not choosing that sieve i've, no, I've changed my I already, mind i already have one of mine mentally mentally prepared for me to, to play okay. this sieve don't worry about it so i'm going to be picking i the more i read about this that this guy the more i want to play it so like that's when he said like don't worry about it it's totally fine i will be playing He's called Lord Mazdumandi. He is the Lord of the Lizardmen. And uh, it, it, the way they describe him is really weird. I don't know if it's totally appropriate, so I'll, 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 I'll not say it out loud. <laughs> but he looks like a frog. And it says, yes, all the Pepe jokes have been made. No, they're not funny anymore. And I like that. So I'm going to be is playing a, this he is, giant frog. He is a race known as the Slon. And they are one of the most ancient of ancient races, and oh. they have they possess great magical powers, and they're carried around on they're like really big frogs, okay, <laughs> um, and they don't even they don't hop around anymore. Um, they're really fun in uh, the Warhammer uh, Blood Bowl game, though they hop around a lot. But anyways, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna be playing the Lizardman, Lord Mazdemandi. That's my dude oh, right there. All right. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, Do yeah. I choose next? Yeah, you're Yeah, up, you man. go ahead. Okay, so I am presuming, because I know the lore well, I haven't checked. I'm presuming that this is in here. With 43 sieves, I hope that it's in here. I am going to be the vampire counts. So that is, is as long as that sieve exists, I will be the vampire yes. counts. Vlad von Karstein leads all right. them. All right, I will be the vampire counts. Okay, Excellent. Manfred von Karstein leads the vampire counts. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there's also Vlad von Karstein. So there's two. There's two. I'll, two. I'll take a look. Manfred or Manfred and Vlad. Probably two vampire Vlad. Counts. And then there's Luther Harkin that leads the vampire count. Coast. Sorry. Coast. Vampire coast. I'll, I'll choose right. between one of them. Okay. So we don't know. Probably the end. counts. Probably the counts. Without knowing okay. anything about it, and I kind of gave it away, so I'm going to go by my my current like my the army I currently uh, own in real life, and so I'm going to uh, do the dark elves. Now there are many dark uh, two main dark elves that are in this mod. I'm going to choose Morathi, um, who is the hag sorceress of the dark elves, oh. um, and so um, I'm going to choose uh, her to be the leader of uh, the dark elves and lead them uh, in this next game coming up. Now, if you don't know anything about Warhammer like I do, don't worry. Just come by on the Civ show on Sunday, and you're, it's still going to be Civilization. You know, It'll it's, still be still Civ. And I've, I tried it a bit. It, it still looks the same. It's just there's some you know wacky units and other wacky, wacky stuff. Um, I actually do own Skaven for Blood Bowl, but you know, I thought, let's do something a little different, mix it up a bit. So okay. question to Stagnus. Um, for map, the map is a, is a pre-made map. Uh, do do I get to decide if there's modes, or yeah, do you want to specify? Um, uh, go I'm ahead. gonna I'm gonna put a hard uh, stop on no apocalypse mode. No apocalypse uh. mode. <laughs> no apocalypse mode. Okay. 
Um, I am going to say definitely let's throw the uh, general, the governors back on. Although, secret societies. Secret societies. The, the thing is, from playing the Skaven, like, there is some wacky buildings in there. Like, the Skaven got, like, their barracks also made science like a library beside a mountain. Like, you know, so there's weird things in there. So it's like, do we want to go full, you know, cluster F or just see what the game provides us? What do you guys think? Because I, I personally think let's just try the mod how the mod is personally. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, then, then okay. if you introduce secret societies, you're like the, the bank which maybe it's replaced by something in the mod is now going to be replaced with just whatever the bank, like uh, the, the whatever, whatever it is in, um, uh, you know what I'm talking about, in secret societies, whatever, can, whatever the replacement can is. Can I, can the I decide, bot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Guild of can, bot. I, can I decide um, how many city states there are? Sure. Yeah. There you go. All right. As much as can fill. <laughs> as, as much many as, as we can, can do. Fill. Okay. Max okay. Maximum city states. Okay. The map was big and empty, so I think a lot of city-states will help fill it out. Okay, that's very fair. Okay, so we have a Warhammer mod, max city-states, and we have our civilizations as well. I don't remember them, so I'm not going to repeat them. Uh, lizard <laughs> lizard folk, the lizard vampire men. counts, lizard men, vampire counts, and the dark elves. And the dark elves, there we go. We're going to nerd is, you up, boy. Oh, it's going to be, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, I am too. And uh, let's take a little bit of a break. And then when we come back, we're going to get into the fun stuff of the new Byzantine Empire and the goal. What we know about the goal and what we can predict about the goal as well. Don't go anywhere because we will be right back. Welcome back to the Civ Show podcast where we suck so you don't have to. There has been a massive announcement today with the first look of the Byzantine empires, not aliens, though. No, not aliens. Uh, these are real people, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, yeah, the Byzantine Empire led by Basil II. Now, I don't know anything about him. I don't know if any of our hosts know anything about him. Well, I don't want to say too much because we'll be covering him. <laughs> oh, you want to spoil the surprise? Okay, okay. Ooh, so surprise. let's go over. Let's go over what they just announced today. Today, now, and Moy. Technically, uh, since our last podcast, they've made a few announcements, right? So they've announced this, and they also oh. announced uh, other things coming out with this pack. Yes. So let's let's talk about the whole update, not just the Byzantines, but the whole update. Just the Byzantines. I want to delay the you, brightest. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna delay you on the just to make our viewers okay. wait. Uh, you're making me wait, man. Make you're making you me wait, suffer. Really I can't imagine how I'm they doing. feel right now. So, oh, boy, what goodness. did they introduce? All right, well, they introduced the Byzantines and the Gauls. Uh, I had to learn how to pronounce that, by the way. Uh, they introduced the Biosphere and the Temple of Zeus. The Temple of Zeus being the last of the seven ancient wonders of the world. Now, all seven of them are in the game, which is really cool. Uh, they also uh, included a new map script, which they call the Highlands, which introduces a map that's filled with mountains and hills. And then they also introduced a new game mode called the Dramatic Ages, where quick summary TLDR, which we'll get into more detail later, but TLDR, uh, there's no normal ages anymore. It's just golden ages and dark ages, and that's it. In that mode. Yeah, in, the, in that mode. 
Uh, so let's go through let's go through the wonders first, I guess. Sure. The biosphere and the temple of Zeus. So, do you have the biosphere pulled up right now? Because I, I do. Go for it. So the biosphere adds appeal to marsh and rainforest tiles, boosts power and tourism in Gathering Storm, adds science yields to tiles under certain rule sets. Uh, so I believe that this is going to transform Brazil into a powerhouse if they were oh able to guess. get oh, a biosphere. Um, you know, the Maori too, I think would, would love a biosphere. Um, and you know what? Late game, who doesn't like appeal, you know? And I'm curious if this will stack with other wonders that like, you know, hundred percent like appeal. Eiffel Tower, like yeah, plus one appeal to every tile in your in your civilizations, it'll stack with that. For so sure. are, are we gonna see like plus ten appeal? Like is that it what only maxes at or six. it'll max? Okay. Actually, no, no, no. So I think I think after so after plus five appeal, that's when it gets to breathtaking, and it can go further, but it doesn't go any more than breathtaking. But if you were to put like a, a seaside resort, it's based uh, on a one to one scale of I think it's a one-on-one scale of appeal, then it would apply to there. But I think also housing for neighborhoods max out at six as well. So I'm envisioning some crazy like future planning where you're like, oh, if I pull this off, I can get a conservation zone here and the eco zone and this. And then with the eco zone, the biosphere, uh, I can get tons of these neighborhoods that are massive. So basically this one city is going to be gigantic and have insane tourism all being generated from nature that's that's really cool i was more thinking it's really good for national parks so it allows so brazil that's what i meant national parks like that's what the conservation oh like the do. eco zone and the, the, oh, that's what i meant sorry yeah okay, the, okay, 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 the okay, whatever okay. The, the naturalist sorry the natural yeah, conservationism yeah. is what's getting you the naturalist you, but it needs a, a triangle of space sorry but yeah same thing <laughs> yeah so i was thinking for brazil so brazil already benefits from plus one appeal on rainforests and then this just doubles it up and so i'm thinking okay if you don't if you don't build this as brazil one you're doing something wrong and then two if you do build it the amount of national parks that you can build with brazil is through the roof especially if you play uh, true start location with brazil because then they're guaranteed to start in the amazon rainforest and it's just you could just blow this crap up man like it's so i don't even know what to call it it's so crazy i don't care about the marsh too much personally i don't think that i don't i don't care about that i hate marsh tiles personally. <laughs> um, good food but the rainforest one's good yeah, but yeah. we also we don't know when in the game you get it so we don't know at what no. so is it at conservationism or is it like even further down the line so will it even matter um, or, you know, maybe it's it'll help give you that last push for the culture win. I think it's I think it's the uh, it's a, a modern era. Really modern. that early? Yeah. Early. I think I early. think it'd be like if it isn't after modern information age or whatever. After yeah. That, I think but that's when it'd be minimum. So this is based off of the biosphere that was built in Montreal. So it exists. It's not like. OK. Futuristic thing. This is a thing. It OK. Exists. Maybe modern age then. Are you sure? I thought conservation was a good guess. Though. Are you sure that you're not talking about like the expo thing from the the World Expo in in 1984? Look up, look up right now. Is that biosphere the biosphere? Okay, okay. 
Biosphere Montreal, uh, the the lead designer even took posted a picture on Twitter saying like, "Here's the Biosphere in Montreal." Like, it's a hundred. This is this hundred percent based on okay, the Biosphere was, Environment Museum in Montreal, Quebec. Yes. So it housed the former United States Pavilion constructed in Expo Nine. Uh, I just remember it had something to do with the Expo. Expo seventy six. Yeah. yeah. So okay, yeah. I stand corrected. So okay, then maybe uh, maybe it would be like conservation, maybe earlier. Okay, so that, I think that would make a difference. Gets. That would make a difference. That would make definitely make a difference. It is pretty late in the game though, so yeah, you, you have to wait. But if you can get conservation, so that's when you get naturalists as well. So if you, you can kind of like get them at the same time. But for Brazil, it's pretty late in the game because they do have battleships, and that's also when they get their battleships. So maybe like Brazil's now this like modern era powerhouse. But we just don't know because this is all in theory. In theory, biospheres are good for Brazil. In theory. In theory, in communism theory. works. In, in theory. theory. So that's <laughs> biosphere. Very cool. This one here, the statue of Zeus. Okay. So this it's is so like, much this is like a Civ 2, I think, is the statue of Zeus. Might have been Civ 3. It was a cool, okay. Or it was definitely Civ 4. Definitely in Civ 4. Statue of Zeus. Definitely in Civ 4. Um, so this grants free military units to the city it's constructed in and it grants we don't know what kind of we don't know so we don't know is it like once an era you get a free unit which i think would be cool if it was once an era you get a free movie i I guarantee you it's probably once an era that's Um, how it's gonna work maybe yeah or is it like you suddenly get a stack the thing would be if it was kind of like that thing that zoe did with england where if you build a unit you get a second one for free right that that, you know grants free military units to the city that could be it that could be it yeah okay the fact that this is available in the ancient era and if you build one unit it gets two there's no way i refuse for either one remember city remember that is it's as much it is good but being able to build it double you have to have the economy to actually support these units Right. That's not hard to do. It can be very hard and it can be very easy to destroy the infrastructure. Right. If you're facing an empire that has such a big. We don't know if this is the case, though. We don't know if the case just says that it grants free military units to the city. I think, though, I think Nystagnus, you said, I think you're right. I think it'll be something like either once per era or it'll be an ancient era. What's it called? The arc- maybe maybe it arsenal. doubles up until the ancient era is over, or the oh. classical era is over, and then it stops. I was just yeah. thinking maybe maybe it just gives you like two units or three units, three of like your whatever anti cavalry unit is, because it also it also gives you one hundred percent production bonus to all anti cavalry units, right? So that's right. that's the double thing for it. Really good for Shaka and Zulu who has the impi as their unique unit really good for sweden who has i don't yeah. remember what they're called but they have a unique anti-cavalry unit for them as long and as Greeks, as long as its abilities really continue well. throughout the uh its entire build right it yeah builds. so presumably it's empire wide whole empire wide 100 percent production bonus to anti-cavalry units uh seems pretty good anti-cavalry units aren't used that much i don't know if you really i don't use know if them. it's gonna be empire wide it might just be for that one city really you think so? it says it says grants free military units to the city it is constructed in grants a yes. production bonus towards anti-cavalry units. 
Um, I'm presuming it's empire wide. Is there a wonder that's like that for any other type of Venetian unit? arsenal? The Venetian arsenal is, which that's what I was trying to say earlier, is whenever you build a boat, you build two boats. This is it grants a production bonus towards anti-cavalry units. Is there another wonder that provides a bonus to building a type of unit? So Venetian arsenal got changed. Oh, did they? Did like, they? Ri- no, no, no. So in Rise and Fall, right. it got changed. Instead of building a double boat, it it was a hundred percent production to all cities' uh, boats. Oh. And then I think they changed. I guess they changed it back to back to the double I th- boat. I never noticed that difference. The double boat was in any city, as far as I know. Yeah, it's in any city. Yeah, but they changed it, and I guess they changed it back. Because I remember at one point, I remember thinking. I'm like, oh, thank God they changed this because this was really broken, right? And I guess it, because even like during the Civ show, that's when I discovered they changed it back. And I was like, oh, I didn't, I thought this was just a base 100% production bonus. Um, yeah, Venice Arsenal gives you an able unit trained at one of your, any one of your cities. Yeah, additional, yeah. That is still basically But there is no, but there's no wonder that I, I don't believe there's any wonder that actually adds like a percentage bonus that says like, Archers are built at plus fifty percent production. I don't think there's a wonder that does that. No, just policy cards. Yeah, or gener- or general production, or general whatever. Um, so to have that, it grants production bonus towards all units. I don't know. I could ease. I there. I have seen things where it says this city builds something at this percentage bonus. Uh, so I could see it being anti-cavalry are built at the city at half uh, or at you know plus fifty percent. Um, but now that I mentioned, I actually could see them doing build one, do a Venetian arsenal for military for ground units. I could see that. I just, I think because they specifically chose anti-cavalry, that's why it can be empire wide because anti-cavalry is countered by melee and melee is usually like the go-to melee unit. It's like if you were to had a choice between building anti-cavalry or melee, you're probably going to choose melee over anti-cavalry unless you have a specific reason to build this anti-cavalry, like you're playing Grand Colombia or you're playing against uh, Poland. Maybe this is a hard counter to Grand Colombia. Right, <laughs> this is probably it. There, well, <laughs> exactly. think about it. How many civs use cavalry? Like tons, tons of civs. Mongolia, Mongolia, Colombia, Canada, uh, United States, uh, Arabia, uh, Arabia uh, Byzantine, um, Scythia, <laughs> like, like, Ethiopia, Ethiopia, uh, Moscow, Hungary, Hungary, Hungary Russia, yeah. like uh, <laughs> a Mali, a like Mali. a lot, a lot of units, are, a lot of them are cavalry. Uh, the Egyptians, like it's almost silly how many cavalry units there are. So maybe it is something that's specifically focused on anti-cavalry and maybe the free units you get are anti-cavalry units. That's what I think too. I think the free units are anti-cavalry. That would make the most sense. Be interesting. Bunch of pike and shots, you know, and it might be um, yeah. to a certain era. It might be that only to this era. Who knows? I doubt it. But Either way, maybe. it sounds like but a freaking powerful one. I doubt it, too, because they're they're leaning more towards uh, let's make it broken and then we fix it mm. later. Mm. <laughs> I like right? that. Like, it's that's ask, kind of like ask true. forgiveness. Uh, yeah, right? it's easier to it's easier to to nerf things than it is to buff them, to be honest, because um, uh, nerfing is it, it's easier to balance a nerf as if you buff something it's it's easier to make something that wasn't op before now op right uh yeah if you buff it um and so nerfs are something that people usually tend to do i, I just go by 
what um what blizzard does a lot for like starcraft they usually nerf things they don't normally buff things right <laughs> they they never like add extra things to something they're always like that's too strong let's take it away <laughs> see dota 2 is the complete opposite where they buff everything and so like their philosophy is if everything's good mm, nothing's, nothing's good, good. <laughs> yeah. if everything's op then nothing's op yeah. exactly yeah. exactly and that's how secret societies works right now, um, I just go back to my one of my best comments, which is I'm kind of hearing that because it's not OP, it sucks. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Exactly. for the hermetic order, which um, kind of is a good segue into Byzantine. Yeah. Well, Zoe's got something. My, my, sorry, just my official guess for the statue of Zeus is that it'll turn the city into a Venetian arsenal uh, for military units, and I, I'll go the extra like guess and say for anti-cavalry cavalry units specifically so build one get two that's my guess i'll take a guess i think it'll provide you two anti-cavalry units of whatever the highest technology you have and like every era and then 100 percent production bonus towards anti-cavalry empire-wide throughout the whole game that's my prediction I'm going to go with the most OP option, which is because that's just the way they are. Um, and so I'm going to go with it gives you 100% production bonus in all your cities for anti-cover units. And it will give you a grant to a free military unit no matter what military unit you build. Oh, it just, oh. It just does it. It just gives yeah. it to you. Yeah. Just like yeah. the Venetian Arsenal. It'll just double oh whatever you build in that city. Yeah, so, I could see that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, I like that. I like that philosophy. I'm going to go with the most OP I can think of. <laughs> yeah, I do remember in Civ 4 when you like were friends of the city state, it would randomly give you or no, Civ 5 it would randomly give you a military unit at any point. Maybe it's just that and we're all overthinking this, but I don't know. But I like your predictions and we're going to we're going to stick with those. Let's move on to right. the Byzantine the Byzant- Empire. So yeah, this, baby, now, this was exciting. It, like yes. th- this video, like watching it today, I was like, holy crap, this this Civ is great. It like is it good. and it's it's one of those not like Poland where they're all over the place. This is like, I get it. It's got a very clear cut strategy. This is how this Civ wins the game. This is what it does. This is what makes it good. Uh mm-hmm. what a what a crazy great Civ. Who wants who wants to crack this one open? So the one of the biggest things when I heard about this is I was always wondering because it obviously very conquest religious victory, right? But mm-hmm. they kind of merged the two into like a single kind of unit where you can spread your religion without build. You could technically spread religion without building a single missionary with the sieve, right? Yes. So, yes. Um, technically speaking, technically, yes. right? Technically yes. correct is the best type of correct. And so, <laughs> okay. um, uh, and one of the things I was thinking of was, is there an ability that you would, even if you're going for a domination victory, would you accidentally win a religious one right. because you're just spreading your religion by defeating units left, right, and center? Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, you spread your religion to other cities if you defeat city states. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. I just wonder if like you're trying to take over the last civ in the game. Like you're like it's okay, one more capital I have to go for, and you just keep on defeating units, and all of a sudden all the cities convert and you win a religious victory instead. I love that. That it's like guys. That. <laughs> so that obviously the most important thing about byzantine empire is in order to get at least 50 percent of like what if its abilities is you must get a religion yeah must yep. have one yes. but they um, gear so, it they gear it so that you almost you, you're better you're better chances to get a religion so there's, there is an ability in there that they're better off they're better chance 
to get a religion. Kind of like Russia with Lavra. It's like you have a better chance to get a religion. They also have something, something in there too. We can get to when we get there. Yes. So the, the, the ability that you are speaking to, Nystagnus, uh, this is neat. So this is called the Taxis. So it's a plus three combat and plus three religious strength for all units for each holy city converted to Byzantine religion, including Byzantine's own holy city. Also important. So holy city is this is where the religion is founded. Yes. And then you get your. So no matter what, all of your guys are getting at least a plus three if you found a faith. Now. Boom. Now, you what? know, when you when you factor that like this is basically a religious jerk sieve because they want to stop your holy city. If they convert your holy city, you're in big trouble. All right. If you're if you're if you like likely your religion is dying now that your your main mm-hmm. holy city's dead. Um so let me but there's more, guys. There's more. Oh, um, I know. I Byzantine's know. I know. religion, including Byzantine's own holy city. Uh, sorry. So Byzantine's religion is spread to nearby cities when an, a unit from an enemy civilization or city state is defeated. They yeah, we also talked about, get we talked about that. Yeah. Plus, yeah, I know. I'm just giving the like the actual what it's doing it uh, plus one profit points from holy sites. So that's the very likely they will get the faith that they, they need. And this ability like to t- convert cities you're attacking they have to fudge they got a nerf crusade like i don't other, think they're going uh, to. otherwise i don't think they're going otherwise to. you obviously honestly you're gonna the other thing crusade. too is i think we're gonna focus a lot of people are gonna focus on the religion and conquest part but with the changes in amenities for getting a static and stuff like that i think hippodrome is also going to be overlooked because hippodrome is kind of op2 like you get plus three amenities, right? Yep. And then when you get the zoo or stadium, the amenities is extend to all city centers, six, six tiles, tiles out. out. And when you build it for the first time in your city, you get a free heavy a cavalry. A free freaking heavy <laughs> cavalry. So you get a free one when you build the Hippodrome. Yeah. You get a free one when you build an arena, and then you get a free one when you build the zoo. <laughs> Every time you build a, a building in that square. Here's the kicker, though. So the so I had clarification. And those units this. have no maintenance costs. Yes. And those so and they're free. I had, I had I had clarification for that. So uh Carl uh aka Borderline, he's the QA lead for um Firaxis. He was in a couple of streams today and there was clarification of what that really meant. So that what that means is for example, if you were to build a tank, you need to have one oil and you also need oil to maintain that tank. So what the no maintenance cost really means is that you don't need that resource to maintain and build that unit. So let's say, this is very common in the SIF show, I don't have oil, I can't build tanks, what the hell is going on? Don't worry, just build a freaking hippodrome or the arena or the zoo and you get one You get one absolutely for free and you don't even need oil and you'll never need oil because you just get a free tank and if you upgrade that unit, it doesn't need it either. So you can get a knight for free and then upgrade it, and it doesn't need the next resource, and it doesn't need the next resource, and it doesn't need the next resource. This thing's insane. It's incredible. How does it, it like? <laughs> and and it's half of the production 
of mm-hmm. of a of a, a standard arena. So it's faster to build. Oh, of arena, and it's almost the, like you're the... building two things at the same time. So you build it, and you get a free unit when you build it for the first time. And so it's almost like building a unit and it's half the cost, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so half the production cost, you get plus three amenities, which is like really important now, right? Yes. That's a lot. Um, that's a lot of amenities. Three amenities from this thing? That's nuts. Yeah. This is like if a golf course turned was a transformer and transformed <laughs> into a tank and then shot at people, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so the hip, I was like, we're, everyone's going to focus on like the actual night or the 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 uh, the boat that they make as well, the droma um, and all that stuff. I'm like, well, the hippodrome is actually like pretty crazy all by itself, um, and it plays into their other special unit because then you can get the special unit just by building entertainment complexes um, because it's a heavy cavalry unit. Um, and so, but it's like, it's like a Lanero. If the Lanero decided to like grow armor and stuff, cause it gives itself, I think, um, (laughs) the, the adjacency bonus as well. Um, um, that's what I was questioning. I didn't know if the, I don't know if it did that or not. I don't know if like you need two of them and they give it to each other or if it actually applies to itself. I have no idea. You're talking about the, uh, the tagma. Yeah. The tagma, the tagma. You know, so you, I wanna, you, you I wanna, know the tagma now? <laughs> yeah, I know the tagma. Let me, let me, hold on. Before we move on to that, let me compare yeah. and contrast this to the entertainment complex. So the entertainment complex still does give you six tiles away for zoo and stadium. And, and stadium. So uh, that is normal. So that's not specific to the, to the Hippodrome. Uh, the only difference is obviously the free military unit. And the entertainment complex gives you plus one amenity to the parent city, whereas the Hippodrome gives you plus three amenities to the parent city. So then the difference is plus two and you get a free unit and it costs half. The the district itself costs half, but the production to produce an arena and the production to produce a zoo is exactly the same. Just to clarify that one. Uh, Yeah, let's move on to the unique units. The, the, what do you call it? Uh, The, the, The tagma? Tagma. Yeah. So, so this is, they get a couple unique units. They get one and is a boat, and then their leader grants them a uh, an extra unit. So the Basil the second gives you the Tagma unique unit. So you get it at divine rights. So when you get some monarchy, uh, and it's essentially a knight that is a general. So it's like a knight that that has an Good, aura. That's a- Good comparison. Plus four combat strength, but it also gives plus four religious strength. So it's like a religious general who is leading either troops or missionaries. Take your pick. We're a coming. I don't know if a monk counts as both. I don't know. Or that. And it does it. It does it to all units. Right. So it's not just to each other. Like Lunaros gave each other. Nearby land units. But it's nearby. It's any land unit. Yeah. So you can but use, all, that one also stacks. I don't think this one stacks. Lanero specifically stacks. This one yeah. I don't I don't I don't think this one stacks stack. either. No. But yeah, it's a good comparison. It's basically a great general that can also attack. But the warrior monk is specifically a military unit. Religious okay. strength means like missionaries and apostles. Right? Okay. I wasn't sure if it combat. did something effed up where no. it gave them both. No, um, but plus theological combat in any sense is incredibly strong because it's impossible to have stronger theological combat unless it's with a policy card or with a theology that's the only yeah, way to do it it's a policy card and yeah uh, the their their theology. abilities the, theology yeah. uh well they get the upgrade right the the yeah they can get the they can get the plus 20 upgrade but like 
basically what this means is Byzantine will never lose a theological combat yeah. ever. Yeah. Ever. You got to kill them the right way with units. Yeah. It or, is or blizzards. Incredible. <laughs> Um, but let's go through uh, Basil II's leader bonus. I'm not going to even attempt to pronounce this. Uh, poor Phyrogenitos. You did just try. You yeah, well, lied to us, Moy. That is you lied not, to us. Based off of what the video said, that is not even close. Poor Phyrogenitos. Yeah, I, 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 I know. I know what that is. Poor Phyrogenitos. This ability yeah. is crazy. It is insane, and it plays really well into the civilization ability where killing units can convert Be, city. Before we tell what it is, the comparison I make for this is the time that Moy had a heavy oh, cavalry unit and he brought a battering ram with it. Well, they are like. That's a great idea. And that's what the Byzantine Empire basically that's did. That's literally, literally <laughs> went through, through my head. The exact same thought. I'm like, wow, they brought my dream come true. Yep. <laughs> well, it's almost like where Byzantium's um, um, armies would just bring missionaries along with them to convert cities to then attack them. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So missionaries almost act as siege units now in its own kind of way. Right. Because they they nullify defenses. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Heavy and light cavalry units deal full damage when attacking cities, following the same religion. So you have to as convert Byzantium. as Byzantium. Yeah. So yeah, you got to yeah. kill a bunch of units first. But you would and, probably bring missionaries with you. And again, though, you need a religion. You do need a, that. And if you so if you can That's deprive them of one. But it would That's be so incredible. hard to stop them. It would be so hard to stop them from getting religion. I yeah no it it, it would be so hard because the plus two great people points, uh, great profit points when you build one holy site and then you just go do two projects and you got yourself uh, a great profit. Now the only you, person who can beat him them uh, I'm sure is probably Russia. Only only person who can yeah, beat them through religion. Yeah, or you know, there are ones I think right off the bat get faith from from certain tiles. Um, or or, or yeah, the Mali. The Mali get faith right away. That doesn't for, mean great profit points though. No, right? but it means they're gonna they're gonna get faster to the the first uh pantheon and they'll get faster to um not you, the holy site or not the great profit points. Religion so. propagates religion, okay? If you get if you get the first um it's you not know how this it, works, so. dude. Okay, if I Dude. get if I use if I get my first pantheon, okay, and okay. I take the yes. desert one, okay, yes. and I'm and I'm playing and there's desert everywhere, okay, yes. my first holy site is going to have considerably uh, more faith that it's generating. I'm going to yes. be able to buy my guys faster once I found my religion. Once to you make found sure a religion, wait, things. no, pause, pause, pause. That's not the argument. The argument is getting your religion first. You you need faith to get religion. You want to no, get you, you want to no, get you faith. Well, you should. <laughs> no, it's production and great profit points. How do you get great great profit points? Either do the holy site project and boost it forward that way, or the only way is or wildcard policy that gives you great profit okay. points, or plus one for having one holy site. Pantheon for God of the Forge. There you go. Boom. God of the God of the Forge doesn't give you God of the Forge. It gives you plus twenty-five percent uh to build in a city that doesn't have a district in it. So that'll get me your holy site faster. Okay. So you can okay. get your holy or site. Or Divine faster. Spark okay. Okay. would also help okay. you get your Divine Spark faster. only works for great artists, great musicians, great 
art, uh, writers and great scientists. Okay, fine. Well, I'll I'll, I'll stick with the first. Boom, one. Mike. Boom, boom. I dropped. No, I dropped my mic. Okay. No. Upping production. <laughs> right, well, either way, okay, let's, move on. let's move on. Let's move on. Super <laughs> powerful, but we should also move on to the part where I called it. Yeah. Hey, um, but I also called it too at the same time. But go ahead. No, no, I'm taking. I it. called the leader. But, I called the leader. But the, so you called the leader, but I mean, when when we were talking about the game modes and stuff, you did call um, it. You called that so, game mode. Again, I, I was just going by what, what okay. Firefax was kind of doing, which is how do we rock the boat? What? Firefox. Firefox. You said Firefox. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, how can we rock the boat? Basically. How do we rock the boat more? Yeah, yeah. right. No, you, so it's going to add more one. chaos. Now, I didn't call the I didn't call the exact thing. I said like, you know, it, that where dark ages punish you. I basically that's why it was my point. My example was like losing technologies, losing, right? Yep. Yep. They decided to not go with that. They decided to go with you losing lose cities. cities. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently, though, there's been a game mode that they've had before, where um, the cities would turn into barbarian encampments. <laughs> Um, and it got taken out because all the people, all the um, the, the uh, game testers and stuff were like, take this out. This is horrible. We hate it. So um, it wasn't a game. I think what he was saying was that that was part of the normal game was if you went into a dark age, your thing, your city turned into an encampment. So this game mode, the, like the dark age, half of it was implemented in the real game. Then the QA was like, take this shit out. It's terrible. And they took it out. But now he's like, okay, now we're adding game modes. I'm putting it back in. So he put it back in. <laughs> now, the one thing I really like about the dramatic ones is that they saw, and it's always like, I always like how they're, how they, when they add it, they always say, hey, we found that you guys are all doing this thing. We don't want you to do this thing anymore. <laughs> right, so right. they're like, you guys are just getting enough air points just to get a golden age. Then you stopped. We don't want you to stop. You have to keep getting air points. And so now they're like, they're trying to give us a carrot to say, if you have a golden age with more air points, you get a more powerful golden age. That, oh, that could be really good. Now, like in Moy, Moy's video, which watch the video, it's good. Watch the video. Um, yeah. You know, the one thing that he, he commented on was, oh, well, are you going to power this through and get more of them but that might give you a dark age later which is true for me it's more i hate when i've gotten my golden age and i just so happen to be building a wonder or there's something i can't stop and i'm just like oh there's 10 points wasted so for me it, it will be less about worrying about spamming and then losing and going into a dark age and more about well what happens when i do have that overlap Okay, cool. At least there's a little bonus. There. I, I, I think I still think you shouldn't overlap. That's my opinion. That that's pretty much where I'll end that because losing a city in a dark age would suck. Unless you have the yeah. military to take it back right away. Yeah, it would suck. Which you know, and I'll and I'll say something in a second. Uh, the, there is one more unit. They have one yeah. more unit because that yeah, bonus we, unit is that is uh, Pasal gives that. Okay, so this is that's uh, his little bonus gift. They get. This is, I think, awesome. I think it's it's, it's basically unique. a baby frigate. Uh, they get a drummon, which I think is like a fireboat or something. It's, um, yeah, it spits out fire. Yeah. It spits out fire. That's it's, what it looks it's, like. Um, it's where the mythical Greek fire comes Greek from. fire, yeah. yeah. So, yes. so if anyone doesn't know, uh, Greek fire is something that we haven't been able to really replicate all that well, but it is a chemical compound that apparently the Byzantines or the Greeks came up with where... When you pour water on it, more fire happens. 
yeah. that's like the the myth behind uh, the idea yeah. behind it yeah so it, like literally the strategy was to burn people's ships um so this is it replaces the the quagmire um and quag- it has a ring quadream qu- quagmire 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 quadream it, it replaces it. it okay it adds so you have a range of two instead of one which is a huge deal That's, for an ancient oh naval unit that is a huge deal one of the most limiting things about that boat is you have to go right beside the city yeah you know and there's usually sucks. limited places to go Okay, so that that's bad enough. Okay, so a range of two would be fantastic. On top of that, it gets plus 10 range strength against land and naval units. So this is like basically a baby frigate that you get with shipbuilding, which is one of the earliest techs that you can get. Not to mention uh, the upgrade path on range naval units gives you plus strength against district defenses. And so this thing can turn into a siege powerhouse right from the get-go. Right away. Right, right away. away. You're, you're, you're attacking from the sea. You're coming in with your horses. They're destroying the city walls. Like, this is a sieve where you need to rush through the medieval era and the renaissance. Like, you have to rush through as quickly, get to gunpowder, pretty much, as fast as you can. Um, oh, against them when you're against because them, you yeah because yes, even if you yes. meet them on the battlefield every unit they kill of yours is going to convert your city to their face this this like, uh this unit um like with all, all due respect like it makes me want to make you know on my youtube i do better know a leader sometimes i want to do a better know a unit and this unit specifically yeah um is one of the units that changed history nothing's stopping you dude do it go for it Right. Like, for example, um, um, Constant, Constantine, uh, sorry, Constantinople, um, its walls, everyone knows about its walls, right? Its famous yeah. walls saved it. Yeah. But the thing is, is under several sieges by um, Arab forces, um, they were trying to be taken by sea because Constantinople is right in between um, the Mediterranean Sea and, um, um, you know, it's right at that peninsula there. Um, and so there's actually been a couple sieges where Greek fire from these dromas literally devastated entire fleets of enemy combatants that's completely stopped the siege because in order to siege constantinople you need to siege it by by sea you need to you can't just like siege it by land that's what the advantage of the city is and so this 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 greek fire that they had it was a closely guarded state secret no one knew about it no one knew how to make it except for the byzantines and it literally saved the city on several occasions hmm. um and so it's a very it's it's also in the mythos because we don't even know how they did it we we think we know how they did it we don't know how they did it though and so um that's the kind of crazy thing behind it i love that i can't tell you the amount of times where i had a quad dream and i thought to myself oh i can't reach it countless pretty much every time i build it every time i build it oh i can't reach it, it only has one range crap that will never happen ever again with the Byzantines. Not with the that Byzantines. That makes me so happy. Like and and like they get it. <laughs> the replacement, the the frigate has an attack of forty five. These guys basically have an attack of thirty five. Like, it's just incredible. It's I. So I I'm looking for so forward. Long. When I announce the the one little thing I want to say after we do the leader, this in its entirety, this whole pack. So I'll say it now. Uh very very cool and i will say that 
whatever after this game with uh, the mod, my next game will be all of this stuff. Oh, yeah. So we'll do Highlander mode. We'll have this game mode on. Uh, and the choices of civs will specifically be Byzantine, Gaelic, the Gauls, um, the Georgia, because Georgia gets modified. Uh, and those will be the three choices. And maybe Scotland, because it's going to be a Highland map. But I'm going to yeah, specifically okay. put those four choices out. And then the winner of this game gets to choose first. So that will add, I think, a little fire under our butts to win on Sunday because we all want to be choose Byzantine. Yeah. You either Byzantine, <laughs> maybe or, the, or the goals, or the goals. It's like, or you could be Georgia or Scotland. They're a completely new same in this new game mode. They're like completely they're basically different. they're, they're basically crazy. completely different. Oh um, my god! So that that's the reward, uh, and we'll see all the rest of the stuff that's being offered. Um, so stay tuned on Sunday for for that. So let's quickly go over the Gauls, the Gaelic Gauls. Any guesses? Uh, we don't know anything. Okay, it's. I think it's going to be the uh, the leader uh, is going to be Versinjetrix. Nailed the pronunciation. Do you know who he is? I don't either. Uh, <laughs> he was <laughs> highly researched. This is highly researched. When you look at the mod, he's also the leader. No. Um, he was the leader of the Gaelic when actually during their downfall, when Julius Caesar came into, uh, is it, what, what, what's the, is it Gaelic? Is that like the country Gaul. or Gaul? Gaul? It's called when, Gaul. So Gaul. When Julius Caesar came into Gaul, he was the one that was in charge and he defended against Julius Caesar and he did so fairly well. However, Julius Caesar did run him over, but he's the most famous leader as far as I'm concerned, of the Gaelic Empire. So that's that's my guess. Ver, Vercingetorix. Vercingetorix. I, I would I agree with that. I, I, I think can't see be. another leader being chosen, to be honest. Um, um, mainly because Gaul, as a concept, is a pretty loose definition of like a bunch of different peoples. Um, and the reason why you would choose someone like like him would be that he's like one of the few times where they, they've been united in any sense, really. Like... Um, and so uh, he would be like the logical choice, to be honest. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Like, like for example, I'm surprised that you know Basil II is the leader because I always thought that Justinian would be the leader of the Byzantines. But I'm not, I'm not surprised by that. But in this case, uh, I can't see anyone else being the leader. I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll go against the grain, and I think they'll announce the leader to be a, a famous, popular female in their legends oh. or folklore. Okay, that's a that's a good that's a good uh, that's a good guess. It's like uh, the Maya with Lady Six Sky. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people were actually were not were happy about that choice. Um, when I was reading on Twitter, uh, people were like very proud that it was Lady Six Sky. So I think but it was like Mayan Lady, natives that were saying that. So that's that. Was yeah, nice. La yeah, Lady Six Sky was a real person though. Yes. Yes. Okay, because there's actually uh, Lady Six Sky was part of actually a dynasty of a bunch of female leaders who rose to power in that area. Okay. In in Mayan in the Mayan culture, so that that that's kind of like uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, matriarchs that were in charge of various tribes in Maya during that time. She just happened to be one of the most prominent. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna say here, if you want to know more about the predictions of the the Gauls before the release, 
I would say go check out uh, the most recent video on our YouTube, the Byzantine and Gaul, who are the next leaders? We have some predictions that are in there, some forensics as well as we deep dive into what exactly was revealed during the video. Uh, there has been some hints towards what their abilities are going to be and what their unique building is going to be as well. I would recommend watching that one. Also, by the time you listen to this podcast, there's going to be another video of the first look of the Byzantines. It's going to be an analysis of what strategies are going to be best on launch. I personally think, uh, I personally think actually encampments are still going to be better than entertainment districts for the Byzantines until you get to tanks. I think encampments are a more consistent way to produce your units than a one-time building of an entertainment district. You can use it, it's still good. However, I still think encampments are better, plus great generals. Why wouldn't you just build both like that? You can, but I would prioritize an encampment over the, an entertainment this, district. The civilization to suggests to me large cities because of the amenity bonus, which means they'll have room to do both. Then you also need like food and housing. Well, sure, and, yeah. sure. You can get all that stuff. Cultivation. Anyway. You can find those videos on our YouTube at youtube.com, not slash the Civ Show. Just look up the Civ Show on YouTube. It's the best thing I can tell you. Uh, is there anything you guys want to add? Okay. Uh, so I, I actually did make, I know at the beginning, at the end of the last video, I said I was going to do Suleiman of the Ottoman Empire um, for the next better know leader. Um, I think I'm going to switch gears a little bit and kind of start covering some of the newer civs that are coming out. I have decided to cover uh, Basil II of the Byzantine Empire instead. Nice. Um, and so that is the change I am I have made. And that's the surprise. I didn't want to talk too much about his history just because I am going to cover it in the next video. Okay. Um, and so I did switch gears. I will do Solomon soon though, because he's also a very interesting um, um, leader as well. And if you want to follow, if you want to follow our social medias, you, you definitely should. We're very active on our social medias, especially on Twitter. Follow us at uh, twitter.com slash the civ show or look up at the civ show you can also find us on instagram at the same hash or same at, at uh, and of course if you're looking for the more intimate connection you can join us on our discord very warm welcoming community is awaiting you uh, it's where we have most of our discussions throughout the week about a myriad of subjects including pet pictures which are great uh, so join us on our discord and uh, you you won't regret it. We'll see you guys later. Hopefully you can join us on Sunday for the Civ show. We'll be playing a modded Warhammer map. It's going to be very, very, very exciting. And something was completely out of our comfort zone. Uh, but if you guys enjoy modded civilization or you're curious of what the heck that looks like, just like us, be sure to give us a follow and check us out on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. See you then.